morning, patriots. And today is Wednesday, December 27th. You know, it's crazy. I literally have to like keep looking at the calendar to figure out what day I'm on these days. And it's just, uh, I'm going to have to get myself back into the time of what we're doing and figure out what's happening. Hang on just a second. I've lost some audio. I'm trying to figure out what's going on here with my audio thing. Can everybody hear me okay? We got a 5-5 five five on this. Let's see if we got, I think everybody's fine, but it's just weird. Okay, we're good. All right, we'll keep going. I don't know what happened here. I just got an audio freak out thing, but okay. So anyway, we've got um, another wild morning as we try to be walk around this world that's literally abnormal. And that's, we have the as you heard, I mentioned yesterday, CBS News reporter has been reporting a dark prediction, which they call a black swan event. And uh, black swans are literally events that come out of nowhere that are un unpredictable, supposedly, that cause massive disruptions. And when they start talking about it in the news, you can guarantee that they're planning it and they're trying to seed it. What's interesting is when somebody comes out with one of these statements and then to watch how quickly it picks up across the web. There's no substance to this report whatsoever. In fact, this report is, it's, it's, um, it gets to the point of the ridiculous. Let me just play it for you real quick so you can hear it. It's just, here we go. Well, mine's a little dark. I just feel a lot of concern that 2024 may be the year of a black swan event. Mm -hmm. This is a national security event with high impact that's very hard to predict. Um, there are a number of cons uh, concerns that I have that factor into that not only this uh, sort of enduring heightened threat level that we're facing, uh, the wars in Israel, also Ukraine, and we're so divided in this country in ways that we haven't seen before. And I think that just creates fertile ground for our adversaries like North Korea, China, and Iran. And that's what uh, concerns me most. Yes, yeah, so there's absolutely no substance to that report whatsoever. I mean, basically she says, I feel, I'm concerned, et cetera, a few things like this. There's no substance. And yet this thing has taken up massive space in the, in the ecosystems of the web from one reporter, which is, she's, that's his uh, heritage, 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 I think it is. Um, and she tries to report about something that's a non-event. What they're doing on these sorts of reports and why I've brought it up twice now is all of this is about conditioning. And it's all about prepping the people's minds to accept a crisis that's coming. And unfortunately, in a country that's now been severed from faith, People don't look to faith. They look to the news as their worship. And the institutions of power are telling them, prepare for doom. And so people walk that space and literally condition themselves to accept doom. So you end up with a prediction of you know North Korea, Iran, China. Notice how she did that. There was no Russia in this one, which was interesting. So there's these three players that are we know that China's already been heavily involved in trying to topple the United States. All of this is predictive programming to try to get people to accept and to blame something that will likely come from within. The event will likely be caused by internal operatives, whether they're military industrial complex, whether they're extensions of the CIA as intelligence operatives, or even the FBI, since they have been notorious for doing things like the Kansas City, Oklahoma City bombing. So with McVeigh, you're going to start to see these sorts of seedings happening because they're getting desperate. And the desperation is them being revealed and them being exposed for the crimes against humanity, which they've done. Let's be very clear 
on the, the truth of where we are. Our government was involved in an attempted murder and intentional de, uh, depopulation event on a mass scale of the United States citizenry and of the European citizenry and of the world, wherever it could get this injection distributed and put into people's arms. It was an attack of the Five Eyes leadership unified together in the various mechanisms and apparatuses led by the U.S. to distribute a vaccine. It was not a vaccine. It was a bioweapon to maim and to kill and to, to leave people permanently disabled to be dependent upon a pharmaceutical business industry, which was traded on Wall Street. So now you start to follow the trickle down. And the trickle down is always follow the money and follow the blood. And that money that they're following down on this ultimately ends up in the hands of every trader out there on Wall Street that's making money off this fax. Now, this is where we have to get into the deep accountability of this. Pharmaceutical stocks are one of the, were in the past some of the fastest growing stocks. So I'm putting this on anybody out there. If you are trading in pharmaceutical stocks, if it is in your 401k, if it is in your retirement portfolio, the death of millions of people, but millions of Americans, because we've had millions of deaths on this. They're not talking about this because they're trying to blame it on everything else but, but we've had over 10 million deaths and disabilities occur just in a block of, of the millennial class. So we've had millions of deaths and, and disabilities happen because of an injection. If you're trading in pharmaceutical stocks that have anything to do with these sorts of technologies that they used in this, you have blood on your hands as a murderer. It's that simple. There's no other way to put it because you can't make your wealth on other people's pain and misery and feel good about it. And so I would just say that if you're doing that, it is literally, you're literally building a cursed retirement fund. Just saying. And in that saying that, let's not forget one of the critical points that we are at. I want to make a mention of um, iTarget Pro, which is one of our great sponsors of our show. iTarget Pro is a, is that device that allows you to train and use your develop your weapon skills in the comfort of your home. It uses a laser bullet that you put inside of your firearm. And you have a receiving target that's also tied to an app and on your phone. So it records the, the, the target hits. It improves your sight alignment, your trigger pull, your overall gun hand handling skills and accuracy. And you do it from the comfort and safety of your home. It saves you on time to go into the range, time to have uh, on the cost of ammo. And it allows you as well to train your family in the comfort of your home and compete with others across the web. It's a really fantastic device. So check it out. Go over to itargetpro.com itargetpro.com. Use your promo code BARDS and then you'll receive free shipping and 10% off. It's a fantastic product. I think you'll be very pleased with it. Great device to improve and enhance your skills. And these right now are skills we all need to be keeping sharp on. We are in the process of a systematic collapse of our economy and our way of, and our way of life. So again, itargetpro.com, promo code BARDS for free shipping and 10% off. It's awesome. So again, we are really seeding many of the problems around the world. I mean, there's other things that are going on. It's not just we have the crimes against humanity, but there's another big crime going on, which is the raping and pillaging of money through the green agenda. Here's an article that came up today, Wednesday, December 27th. It's Britain's net zero disaster and the wind power scam. It uh, starts out, this is not about complicated issues of cryptocurrency, Assistance U.S. Attorney Nicholas Roos declared in the Sun 
Bankman uh, free trial after accusing the defendant of building FTX on a pyramid of deceit, which the same can be said about the foundations of Britain's net zero experiment. Energy is com out complicated and electricity is essential to modern society and our quality of life. But as with FTX, the underlying story is straightforward. Wind power and net zero are built on a pyramid of deceit, which is extremely important. Net zero was sold to Parliament and the British people in claims that wind power costs were low and falling. This was untrue. Wind power costs are high and have been rising in the net zero version of crypto will will make you rich official analyses produced by the treasury and the office of the for budget responsibility rely on falsehood the wind power is cheap that it is net zero would have minimal costs and that it would boost productivity and economic growth none of these has had any basis in reality and we know this one of the big things about wind power is that they take a gas turbine to operate and in addition to that the uh, the blades themselves are the deforestation that is happening in the blades themselves that they make them I believe out of a balsa base wood and then there's they have all this waste that's the other big one about all this um, renewable technology is that there's the massive landfill contributions they're making and it's all toxic waste here's another one it's a, and it's a big one right along lines with that is the is the collapse of the EV market no one wants to buy. A used electric vehicle because they have no they have no future in it. The batteries wear down, and then they have no place to put the electric vehicles. And so these electric vehicles end up having a disposal cost that is off the chart. The disposals of the material is itself worse in toxicity than many of the nuclear waste that we have. Nobody's paying for those disposal fees. But then you have this other secondary market, which is just another article this morning. This is in Zero Hedge. The EV graveyard reckoning. Hardly anyone wants to buy a used one. The market for used EVs is, is plummeting. What will, will car rental companies do with used ones? Problems started in China, but have spread to Europe and the U.S. So, the used EV market is totally collapsing. China's abandoned obsolete electric cars are piling up in cities. A subsidiary um, subsidy fueled boom helped build China into the electric car giant. Built, uh, but left weed infested lots across the nation brimming with unwanted battery powered vehicles. On the outskirts of, of these China, uh, Chinese cities, or of the Chinese city of Hangzhou, a small, uh, dilapidated temple overlooks a graveyard of sorts, a series of fields where, where hundreds upon hundreds of electric cars have been abandoned among weeds and garbage. Similar pools of unwanted battery-powered vehicles have sprouted up in at least half a dozen cities across China, though a few have been cleaned up. Though few have been cleaned up. And it goes on. The fact is that this market is, is a complete scam. People are investing tons of money in these vehicles. The batteries, once they die down, the battery pack replacement runs on the average of fifteen to thirty thousand dollars to replace your battery pack in these vehicles. And then there's no nothing to do with it. They don't recycle these vehicles. They don't recycle the battery packs, and the vehicles themselves don't last. 
so this idea again, it's it's unbelievable the naivety of the people involved in these in this whole green scam, uh, buying into it, not the ones peddling it. The ones that are peddling it are making a ton of money. They're making money on subsidies. And notice that everything about the green industry is about subsidies, subsidies. They're all trying to subsidize their life and um, and this entire market because it is all part of this new industry where it's what they call a public-private partnership. And that public-private partnership is building industries where your taxpayer dollars become a subsidy for the economy and it's, and it's no longer a free market economy. It's a planned and engineered economy. That's kind of their backdoor discussion of what truly this is all about. So part of the new, part of the new world order, I guess we would say, right? What they want you to believe. Patriots, let's pray. Father God, I just want to come to you today and we come to you humbly before you and are blessed each day that we have this time to assemble and this time to work in fellowship and it's time for prayer. So Father, this, as we kind of wind down this year of 2023, we start to enter into our calendar date of 2024, a lot of reflection on where we've come in a year and a lot of consideration of where we'll go. And in this time that we're in, there is much accountability to be had. We're entering into a very tumultuous year, a year, quite frankly, that as things are lining up, it's looking increasingly like there is going to be a tab come due for all that we have used and all that we have indebted ourselves to and all that we have exploited and all that we have allowed to happen. And this ranges across a span of things that is, quite frankly, uh, shocking. And we look at the moral depravity of a nation and moral depravity of a world. So much of our world, Father, is being steered and engineered by people that are nothing have nothing more in mind than to literally ravage, exploit, destroy, and to build chaos and to constantly accumulate more wealth and power for themselves at the expense of the many. And so we are entering into a place where in accountability we have to start considering a different way of living, a different way of economy, a different way of existing in terms of what kingdom would expect. And that transition is not clear. That transition is one that we are going to have to map and we have to do it through prayer. So we begin today, Father, with our blessing and our prayer of a blessing that people will seek greater and more time in prayer, more time in the word and more time in prayer to be able to reach and listen to the Holy Spirit and provide the wisdom that we need in each and every day to guide us, to lift us up and to be more filled in the actions and decisions we make. And Father, equally with that, as we step in, we have to start stepping back to looking at how we can live differently and how we can live more fulfilled in this time in this world, in, in the challenging moments that we have. We have a, a moment now where people are trying to cling on to the old and trying to hold on to what they have, trying to preserve things. And we have to start looking at life differently and truly trusting in you. And these are hard steps. This is a question of what are you willing to lay down? And we have, we have to totally pivot our view of what is it that you trust in and what is it that you hold true in your life? And is it kingdom first or is it material things first? Sadly, we are reminded that the burdens of wealth and accumulation are truly those that limit us to even getting to heaven. And we have a tendency, Father, no matter what status we are, of holding on to the material things and not coveting the relationship with you first. 
There is nothing in here that says that we should live poor and impoverished, and yet the wealth that we will accumulate and needs to accumulate is the wealth in heaven, not the wealth and the accumulation in our physical world. So, Father, as we pray into this world this morning, we pray into our prayers for this world and this nation. We just ask for a continued awakening of people to realize that the material things that they seek that fill their, their hearts and to fill the voids are not those that will, be, will fulfill at all. In the end, they are just of the flesh and that they need to be, the riches that we build in heaven are going to be rooted in the greater purpose of why we are here, which is to expand the kingdom. And that comes through the many aspects of spreading the word of Jesus Christ, the gospel, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, and building family to reestablish that root. And so, Father, we continue for the prayer and the blessings for the children and the family of this nation as we continue to pray into that as it has become such a vicious part of this war and the true front line of this battle, that the true front line of the battle is the family, are the children, and it has continued to wage war. And we need the bold voices to come out on, on the edge and to speak into this. We need more voices to speak boldly into this and not be timid, not be trying to, to sidestep the truth and not be afraid to be transparent and vulnerable in their own lives so that we can start to see to, to affect change through testimony. Testimony is important, and it's the salt of what we do. And truly, as we build the strength in our movement and build the strength in the, in the power of, of our love in Christ, we connect this across the world. We need more testimonies to the transformation of change and to the mightiness and glory of kingdom in our lives. So, Father, we pray for that increased vulnerability for people to speak these stories and truths, to step in and to step boldly into the gap of places that no one likes to go. And unfortunately, as we speak these things often, it, it is contentious because it gets into messages that people don't want to hear. But let us hear those messages. Let us be, let us receive them. And even if they come, if they disrupt us, and let us keep this in mind as we pray into the wisdom of this, that if we become agitated by a message, let us take responsibility where that agitation is. It's not outside of us. It's within us. And let us explore that as to why. Why does that upset us? Why does that agitate us? Why does this leave us ill at ease? We need to have all of that. So as we walk that place together, as we speak that truth into this world, let us look into the mirror. Let us be accountable to who we are. And let us fix our house. Let us fix what's within us. Let us find ourselves to be that place where we are literally burning away the dross and letting the silver be purified, turning ourselves over to you to be reformed and reforged. Let us lift that up. And as we do these things, let us truly be in a place where we become greater in you and greater in our working kingdom. It is, we are in here trying to build kingdom right now. And as we get that strength within us and we walk that path ahead of us, let us be strong and bold. And let us, be not, let us not hesitate to speak truth into the world. Let us not hesitate to challenge the moral bankruptcy to try to lift a nation up. Because at the end, Father, we know that the reset here is much greater than anything we can imagine. It isn't, has nothing to do with finances. It has nothing to do with the mechanisms of a system. It has everything to do with a moral pivot to take us into the, back into the place of being followers of Jesus and a country built of the country built on the solidity and the foundation of our faith in you. And so this nation has deviated far from that path. And we continue to pray in for a continued spiritual awakening in this nation that's great, it's shaking, it's transformative, and that roots itself ultimately to where we'll end this prayer today, which is 
repentance. So, Father, we pray for a repenting nation, a nation that's humble enough before you, especially in this time of reflection and these holidays. They will put themselves before you honestly to repent for where we are and where, what we have allowed and to be honest in our hearts to you, to let go of those hidden agendas within us, to be so trusting in you, to speak our heart to you as you know our heart. And when we get to that place and can honestly walk in that space, we will truly begin to see a nation shake and transform in ways we've never imagined. So, Father, we ask for your continued blessing and guidance, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. That is kind of where I want to put some thoughts to things here this morning as we close out. And it's the honesty of the heart. We have to, I mean, we're in all in a walking this together, and it's not easy. And the one thing that I hear very often, I think we all hear it, God knows our heart. And there's no question God knows our heart. No question at all. The question is, do we know our heart like God does? And if we don't, then what are we doing to, to, to make that happen? It's, I think it's very important to understand that as God sees things, we often don't. And so one of the things in a, in a repenting prayer that I did not mention in the prayer, but I think it's important, is that as we pray for repentance in our own lives, we need to be asking for God to reveal to us those places where we don't see, but that we know that we sin. It strikes me, and I've mentioned this many times, but it definitely strikes me that when Jesus stood before the adulteress and the accusers with stones in their hand, he dislodged that group by focusing them to look into their own heart and ask that if they had anything, if they could judge her without judging themselves. And the ultimate response was that the crowd dissipated, and he was left speaking to the adulteress. And he asked her, where are your accusers? And she said, there are none, my Lord. And so he then said to her, go and sin no more. Now we are told that is not possible. And yet Jesus said that to her. And he said it to her. And this is one of these things that you can hear many discussions about. I mean, like, well, it was only in the context of, of adultery. But that's not what he said. He said boldly, go and sin no more. And he says that in the context of pre-cross. So he, this could not be a lie. So the question is, how could that possibly be? And I think this is a question I ponder a lot. How can we possibly walk a sinless life? And the process, in as I see this, for us to get even to be able to consider that walk, which apparently, according to Jesus, is possible. The only way we could do that is for us to literally pray in for clarity and the discernment to understand where our sins are even when we don't see them. That's Holy Spirit giving us wisdom. And as we do that to reveal truly ourselves and our depth, we are simply raising ourselves up in the kingdom in a mightier way. This is a this is one of these places that I've mentioned many times, and I think it's important that we all all have to kind of internalize this. We could win every single battle in this fight against this enemy, this deep, deep-seated enemy. We could win every fat every battle. And yet we could lose the war. And we will lose the war on a simple principle of a moral shift. If we don't get ourselves to a morally shift in this nation, to come to understand where we've gone astray and how to get ourselves back there, which is to reset ourselves as a nation based on Christian principles and values, not Judeo, but Christian principles and values, and putting our eyes on Jesus. Our founding fathers understood that. And it, and it requires moral men to lead this nation. But if we don't 
reset the moral foundation of this nation, we're not going to get ourselves back to or even in the direction of where we want to be. And back is not a right term because we're never going to go back. It's about resetting a future to go in the right direction that will allow us to prosper and grow as our, as it was intended and designed by the, the concepts of our, our founding fathers, but to go far beyond that, to literally get back to the principle of a government by and for the people. We can't do that without a moral shift. And the moral shift has to address all these things from greed to corruption, pornography addiction, the objectification of women, the willingness to allow children to be trafficked, the the fear that's rooted in our society so deeply. These are big issues. And the only way we're going to pivot away from those issues is there has to be some form of deep healing. And to deep heal, we're going to have to be able to get back to the root. With ultimately the root is how do we walk our personal lives and reset ourselves to a moral, to morally right our own ships, I guess would be the right way of saying that. So lots of neat opportunities for individual work. I say that with tongue in cheek because when we start doing that work, that is deep work. That is work that literally you're putting yourself through the fires of, of refinement. And it's difficult, but it's worth every bit of it. And I think that as we start to demonstrate our own walk that way, it's like everything else. A stone in the pond creates an echo of, of ripples across the entire surface. We can continue to change the world. I don't think we can ever underestimate the power of the few in God's hand. We are reminded in that story of Gideon where it was 300 that's, he needs the refinement of those that are truly walking in purification with him and purity with him as much as we can. And as we do that, we're seeking that perfection that, he's, that he knows exists within our heart. That's some thoughts for this Wednesday morning. Patriots, I will be back this evening for Bards FM. Canceled last night's show for people who are wondering. There was no fissures, and yesterday there was no Bards, no bended knee. Just had to get some sleep. It's been a, a pretty exhausting run for myself for the last uh, two and a half months. Um, lots of changes, lots of things happening. I managed to get through it for the most part without too much sickness. I, I mean, literally had just a little bit of a voice issue, if you remember, a few weeks ago, but that lasted just a couple of days. But in spite of all of the ups and downs, even with um, the garbage with Podbean we had about four weeks ago, all of those things have been resolved. But I just ended up the last couple of days just taking a little bit of time during this holiday season to get a little bit of rest and kind of reset because we have a lot ahead and it's going to be a very busy 2024 and it's going to be consuming. Fires are burning and there's going to be a lot of accountability and there's going to be a lot of shaking. And I have no question in my heart that this is going to be one of the biggest years we've ever experienced. And that doesn't mean good, but it def definitely does mean it will challenge our faith and our faith is going to be the rock we need to have. So stay in the word, biggest thing, and be positive. Because our prayers do make a difference. And the more that I look at the emphasis that these people are placing on the negativity, I'm convinced that they know that if we were to pray this through as a nation, that we would transform a future that they don't want us to touch. We would open ourselves up and discover the greatness of who we are. And at the end of the day, that is powerful in itself. So patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tonight for Bards FM. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, 
support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable. And we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. 
We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.